This week's episode of Legends of Gotham is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download at audibletrial.com slash Gotham. Over 100,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Again, that link is audibletrial.com slash Gotham. I need information about the Wayne plan for Arkham. Oh, it's the Wayne plan in name only now. And when the Waynes died, Falcone stepped in. He's back in the plan now. And he stands to make quite a chunk of change if it passes. But Councilman Jenkins was backing Falcone's plan. That's right. Then he was killed because... Because, Detective, there is an opposing plan. Welcome to Legends of Gotham, where we talk about Fox's hit series, Gotham. I'm Bill Meeks. And I need new eardrums. At least I didn't yell directly into the mic. Like you did the first time when you practiced. No, but... (laughs) Exactly. No, but that eye was terrifying. That eye was really disturbing. Like, like I have a thing with eyes anyway, so... And it's like they're running down on Gotham, and that's what we talk about. Uh, (laughs) Did we say that? Did we say that we we talk about Gotham from Fox? Yeah, but it's like they're running down a list of my phobias, because last week was the balloon man oh yeah and i have a huge fear of heights and then this week it's eyes and (laughs) so what will next week be um dogs i thought it'd be cats because aren't you allergic i'm allergic to cats but i'm afraid of strange dogs interesting how about a small chihuahua small chihuahua yeah I could take it or leave it, I guess. A teacup, a teacup Kick poodle? It to the curb. Teacup poodle. <laughs> Just one that I can hold in my teacup hand. Teacup poodle. Yeah. You know what? Let's stop the farting around, Amory. Why don't, why don't we uh, get start, started talking about this week's uh, episode, uh, Arkham. Okay. Uh, well, I'm just really excited for what we so have coming I. up right after the rhyming summary. Well, that is really cool, yeah. Okay, shall I? Yes, you shall. When is a bodyguard not a sharp guy? When he gets a man in a trench co- coat to sever his eye, who will build the new Arkham City? The mob isn't known for making things pretty. Is Oswald too clever? He's clever enough. And his pastries are filled with the unusual stuff? Oh, are his pastries filled with the unusual <laughs> Reading, not working. Um, will the asylum be saved or remain wretched slums? Everyone wants a piece of Arkham. Arkham. Z- Okay, now nor- <laughs> normally here I would uh I would definitely, you know, start talking about the episode, but before we do, we have a message from here. I'll show his uh his Twitter account real quick here. Bloop. From director uh of director of this episode, TJ Scott, I uh, went ahead and called in and left us a two and a half minute message. Woo. And uh talking a little bit about how we got uh added to Gotham and uh, how it was working on and everything. So we'll go ahead and play that and then we'll start talking about the episode. Yay! Hey guys, this is TJ Scott, director of uh, episode 104 of Gotham, Arkham, and uh, 106, The Spirit of the Goat. Uh, I just dropped by to say I'm hoping you guys enjoyed watching this week's episode as much as I enjoyed shooting it. And I've been asked what my favorite part of directing Gotham is. Well, first off, I, I love the pilot that Bruno Heller wrote with, and uh, Danny Ken directed. So when they asked me to come on board, I jumped at the opportunity, obviously. Uh, for me, coming on board a series when it's just starting off is the coolest thing. Because I enjoy the big puzzle of how to shoot it stylistically, and especially working with the actors as they're first creating the roles. 
And this series has such a great ensemble cast with the Mackenzie, Donald Logue, Jada Pinkett, uh, Robin Lord Taylor, Aaron Richard, Sean Perty, Dave Mazus, Victoria Cartagena, uh, Cameron, <laughs> uh, Corey Michael Smith, Sabrina, Andrew Stewart Jones, Richard Kind, Drew Powell, David Zayas, oh, but I forget anyone. And, uh, and then on this episode I had, uh, it was super fun to have my friend, uh, Keen K. Kazim of Black Sales as my guest star. And I also got to introduce, uh, Mackenzie Lee as Liza. And I think she's going to be a big star. So this is like a big dream team cast for me to work with. Uh, Gotham also, uh, the city's real character in the series too. And I, um, shooting in the streets of New York was such a treat. Uh, we shot scenes in Gladwell's office were, uh, was set up in, uh, just outside Wall Street. And the scenes where James Gordon slams the penguin up against the walls was one block from Wall Street with hundreds of people watching. Uh, we shot Fish Mooney's Girl Fight in the Brooklyn Navy Yards. We shot Arkham at Staten Island. We shot the Maroney restaurant scenes in Brooklyn. And uh, we shot the opening rooftop scene with Gladwell where he kills the councilman right across the street from Madison Square Gardens. So uh, that was certainly uh, a thrill. Uh, and, and then the show has these amazing sets, you know, the police precinct and Fish Mooney's bar and Barbara Keene's apartment. They're all built on the sound stages and they're all designed by the amazing production designer, Doug Craner, who built from scratch by his team. Um, anyways, I, I will continue to check in here, guys, and, uh, I hope you follow me and the rest of the cast on Twitter and we'll uh, keep you apprised of what's going on on the show. And, uh, we tend to live tweet a bit, so, uh, please join us and, uh, uh I'll see you in the movies. Bye. Thank, Thank you very you much, so DJ. much. Ah! Yeah, it was so cool. And, and I really hope uh, you you can uh, check in again with us when you when your next episode comes out. In a that couple would be weeks. awesome. Yeah, for sure. I, I completely blinked on the name of it just now. Something <laughs> what, about a goat. Yes, I know it's something about a goat. But yeah, and I I don't know. I I know some people had said uh, might have been, but the Maroni's place I believe is the oldest restaurant in New York City. Oh, really? Yeah, because uh, I saw some guy comment about it, mm-hmm. and he said he lived around the block from it. So he said it's either that restaurant, which they've used in a lot of mob movies and stuff, or it's uh, a good replica of it. Leave the gun. Take the cannoli. Take the cannoli. Take the cannoli. Okay, so Amory, what did you think of Arkham overall? Oh, and thanks again, TJ, by yes, the way. Thank you so much, TJ. Yeah. We really appreciate it. <laughs> you and your cheesy. <laughs> <laughs> um, I loved it. Mm-hmm. I loved it. Um, there were so many different aspects. And... And this just happens to be, I mean, not just because he just called in, but there was some really cool, like, visual, the way things were shot was, mm-hmm. it was like a movie. Yeah. It, it had movie looks to it. Yeah, it was like, it, it was a very saturated image, but it was also very dark at the same time. Right, like. Cool. Like these cool, like, like the reds were like kind of syrupy and stuff, you know. Yeah, well, and even just like the composition, like when Barbara's leaving mm-hmm. um, the station and stops. Uh-huh. That was like with the light coming in was so cool. Oh yeah, and there there was some other stuff too. Like, uh, and and we'll probably talk about this more later I'm on. Sure. But in the press conference, the the first one about mm-hmm. Arkham with Richard Kind, you yeah. know, kind of explaining everything. Jay, I, I don't know. I just really dug the way that they kind of like zoomed in, and as he got into more detail, you got closer to the map until you could make out names and stuff like that. Yeah. That was really neat too. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, there was just so much good stuff like that. It was very visual, and it was really mm-hmm. it was. That was well done. Oh yeah, definitely. well done, well done. Yeah. But I, I guess the first thing we should probably talk about is uh, 
We, well, there there was a big actor in this uh, in this episode, and but he that, was not as big as he usually is. Not as big, but his actions were more significant. I thought. Oh, completely. I, especially for him, and that that's uh, the penguin. I, and I labeled the section that's so penguin, and that might be the name of the episode. <laughs> I don't know yet, but uh, no, he's pl- well. Obviously, we start off uh, after the cliffhanger from last week right. with him in dealing the with yeah dealing with James Gordon and stuff. But he's he's like he's playing every angle and he's trying to play everyone off everyone else. To start with uh, with Gordon there, I, I thought uh, that it, for, first his performance. I, I've been reading a bit. Uh, Robin Lord Taylor has been saying he's been trying to draw a lot of inspiration from Danny DeVito. Uh, you can see it, uh, yeah, especially in that scene, like mm-hmm. just kind of like his posture and like, huh, like kind of <laughs> <laughs> hunching around. Like for the video uh, watchers, yeah, they probably <laughs> enjoyed that. <laughs> but I uh, know, and I, I was kind of wondering, trying to think, why is he dealing with Gordon so much? I think I think what his angle is there, mm-hmm. and I, he he's this in the comics too. Is I, I think he's trying to become a confidential informant, like a paid confidential informant, yeah. where he can give them whatever information he wants to uh, to serve his ends while serving theirs, and right. they'll leave him alone or something like that. And I think that's what he was trying to. Uh, angle in with uh, Montoya and Allen mm-hmm. in the first episode, but then he got killed. Right. So, so now he has leverage on Gordon that he can use to right. uh, get that status. To get to his end game. Yeah. yeah. And, and then I, I, I like, uh, there's a completely different character he plays with Maroney, which mm-hmm. is kind of like the helpful chump, like, I ah! saved the one bag. I'm sorry. I couldn't save the other. Gosh, Mr. Maroney, it'd sure be swell if you, you let me not be in the kitchen anymore. Maybe, maybe I could be the manager. Oh, hold on. Wait a second. Let me kill your, your your manager and then you can make me the manager <laughs> and uh, just right. like he, he's just so very uh gosh gee williker yeah. and just kind of like in naive he seems naive yeah but, he acts very naive uh they, and then when he's around uh his hired guys that he hired to come in and kill uh the manager Everybody. and everything uh he he's really just himself he he has that really slick like evil smile on mm-hmm. and he's just like calm and polite well with a little bit of deviousness just but, enough but he has a professional air about him too right which is really cool and uh he he's willing uh, to push his way to the top and that's kind of what he's trying to accomplish here uh, what, what what stood out for uh the penguin for you this episode <laughs> i brought the cannoli, <laughs> the cannoli um, i'm obsessed with the cannoli great. i'm sorry i'm italian it's a thing mm-hmm. um i okay the thing actually that stood out to me is uh-huh. the fact that he's not wearing everybody's clothes anymore well, you know, we did two seconds after I have a massive, awesome, cool theory <laughs> mm-hmm. down the drain. Well, he did take the bag, which I guess you could count as clothes. He took the bag. Yeah, he t- he took the bag of money. Yeah, that was that was the actual part that he was trying to accomplish. Mm-hmm. That didn't feel. That wasn't you know a trophy. That was the goal. Well, you know, he he took some he took something that they would carry on their person. Uh, but I I did think in the beginning scene, uh, this episode especially versus the end of last episode, he did seem thicker, like he might be wearing clothes underneath. And uh, Maybe, actually, but- if people aren't familiar with this theory, uh, we did put out a, a like a solo video, like mm-hmm. with us going through it over the past few episodes if you go to a uh, youtube.com slash meeks mix media uh, you can check that out <laughs> um, but, uh, anything but ne- else no i mean it's it's just always good and intriguing mm-hmm. it's so cool to see him flip a switch yeah and we're starting to be able to see it when he's in one character the other parts working and, it's, mm-hmm. he hit my <laughs> and, mic! and then he comes in and hits microphones right. and stuff um yeah it's it's you know, he's cleaning dishes, but you can see he's not just cleaning dishes. Yeah. You can see it, the, the wheels turning. 
Oh, for sure. And I, I also saw uh, Corey Michael Smith, who plays Ed Nigma, mm-hmm. uh, who was great in this episode. Yes. Uh, but uh, he's been saying on Twitter, he's been talking to people, and he said, you know, this season is really just the Penguin, and then next season is going to be somebody else. I'm guessing that somebody it's might be him. probably him. Yeah, probably. But it, it's nice to get that focus on him. And, you know, people, people were talking up his performance, and I was impressed with the first mm-hmm. episode, but I was like, why were they talking it up quite that much? Because, I mean, it was a good performance. But then it just as it builds and the character gets more complex and everything, I'm like, oh, wait a second. This is why. Because it's, go- it's going somewhere like big right. by the end of the season. Yeah. Maybe that'll be Fish's death. Mm-hmm. Could be. <laughs> and, then she t- and then he takes her dress. Her great dress in this episode was awesome, by the way. The one she was wearing at the fight. Oh, my God. It was hideous. I loved it, that personally. Was, it was awful. It was absolutely awful. Mm. Agree to disagree. Fashion's uh, subjective. Yeah, we don't have <laughs> the same fashion sense except for hoodies. Yes, <laughs> the Gotham <laughs> hoodies. Told you I'd wear it all the time. <laughs> um, okay, so I don't think it was just me. I think this was intentional. The music in the parking garage death, mm-hmm. and it was also at the very end in the final fight with the chairs and all that. Uh-huh. It sounded like a really, really dark version of like the na 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 Batman. Like when they were having a fight scene and Mm -hmm. it was like, that's what it sounded like. And, you know, that's not something I just would randomly think of. So it had to be a little bit obvious. Yeah. And uh, I'm not sure. I've never checked the credits. Maybe you should do this while I'm talking. Uh, But for to see who who does the score, if they do original score or they source it from somewhere else, because my my buddy uh, Dave Nelson on Twitter, Uh uh, like last week or something, was saying that it sounded very, very much like the Elfman score from the Tim Burton Batman movies. And so I, you know, with all the references we're getting pulled in from various versions of Batman and stuff, I wouldn't be surprised if it was directly intentional. Okay, production. Yeah, it would probably be production or just full cast and crew. Production, holy. Uh, you keep talking about something. Um, yeah, but uh, yeah. <laughs> what you got? <laughs> that that scene was fun. I enjoyed it. <laughs> that scene was fun. <laughs> um, I can't can't tell. see it. There's... Well, if anyone out there knows, yeah, uh, hey, wait, who, we have a chat room. Dear chat room, dear chat room, if you know, please find it, Bobby. Bobby Hawk, I'm looking oh, at you. Uh, there's a Elizabeth there. Yes, and I like that she's going to kill people <laughs> for cannolis because so would I. Yeah, if anyone finds any information there on who does the score, uh, if anyone knows the score, uh, <laughs> please let us know in the chat room or email us or whatever. Okay, uh, Falcone two, Maroni one. <laughs> Now, uh, <laughs> something that I've been noticing in a lot of the the uh, episodes is every episode has one or two really, really strong bit part like character actors, mm-hmm. and this episode was no exception. I, I re- there were two actually that I noticed. One of them was probably more due to Twitter than anything. Yeah. Uh, but the first one was the cigarette informant in the jail with the big bushy beard and everything. <gasps> I loved him. He was just so charismatic and fun. He was fantastic, but but. He gave up the information too easy. You think two cartons of cigarette? That's like, that's like maybe $1, I'm spoiled by SVU, but you got to work for that information. Oh really? Yeah. I mean, mm. he asked them once, and they were, he was like, "Oh, was it this with this with this? This is his name. This is where he works. This is his typical mo." Are you kidding me? Well, see, see, SVU, they're probably trying to get information out of people under duress a lot more too. This guy was sitting in jail. No, no, He's- we've we've interviewed these types of people. Oh, okay. Yeah. But it was Donald Lowe, though, so maybe the, the, it was, it was the connection. Maybe maybe he made the connection. 
connection on SVU and then brought it over to Gotham and it made you spit your drink out all over yourself. Maybe. Uh, but no, I, I kind of got the impression that he was Harvey's <laughs> kind of like go-to guy for information. And Harvey they, has a go-to guy for everything. <laughs> he, he has several go-to guys and a lot of go-to girls too. And, and a lot to of go-go the- girls. As well. Uh, really? Speaking of girls, uh, there were a lot in this episode. There were a lot of girls. Uh, you wanted to talk a little bit about the uh, the weapons. The uh, weapon fish was fight hunting. thing. Yeah. Okay, so first we have the talent. Mm-hmm. I didn't think she was that great of a singer, but hey, fish liked her. The, Which, the first one? The first one. Yeah. The second one was the talent. And she really couldn't sing, I don't think. But she had the look. See, I thought it was just like this really like strange, bizarre, like nightmarish lullaby thing. Yeah, that oh, was I'm pretty cool. sure that's. Oh, see, see, no, not in mm. my world. But yeah, so it was cool. It, it made me think that she's going to be something bigger than what we think. She, the Liza character. Oh, no, is she's going to be huge. Is going to be something bigger than even just Fish's weapon. Fish like, doesn't know what she's. Fish is creating a monster. Yeah, yeah, that's my impression. Ooh. What's that? Harley. You think that might be Harley? Well, so- hey, you know we're doing mm-hmm. we're doing all these little spots. My original thought was the three girls in the very mm-hmm. first scene giggling and skipping around in the oh yeah they alley. were very clown they were too. very clowny Harley. Yeah, like, like I don't know if they would make her Harley though. You don't know that though. Like I'm I'm not sure how they're if they're gonna do Harley how they're gonna do it just because like her original origin is she's a psychologist who's treating the Joker after his like. 20th time getting yeah, but, caught and then she kind of falls in love with him kind of like that uh what is that night nightingale syndrome or whatever where a doctor falls in love with their patient something like that yeah but was there ever really a question as to who was winning this fight like the first girl takes her earrings <laughs> off like that's going to do anything mm-hmm. and lads is just like and kaplow <laughs> yeah she was right she into no it like, right away but it's weird because at the audition she seemed less into it Mm-hmm. until the seduce me yeah i think she was more intrigued by it and the you know the offer of mm-hmm. power and money and respect see I, this might be <laughs> this might be right this might not be right but it just popped into my head so i'm gonna say it okay what if liza is like it's gonna be a double double cross what if liza's there from maroney or something or not Maroni, uh, Falcone. Falcone. I wouldn't be surprised in the slightest. Yeah, especially since we know that Bullock has a pretty decent relationship yeah. with Falcone, and he was he came in there during that scene. Yeah. So he, in you know, I, I'm not trusting Bullock very much at all these you days. You can't trust so. Bullock for anything. So I wouldn't be surprised if he doubled back and told Falcone or something. Well, also, you know, Fish is getting a bit loose with her talking of Falcone. Yes, yes. Like, and to she, everyone. Even, even when they were talking at the table, she kind of, like, gestured to it. Yeah, I have, I have a backup plan. That girl right over there. So, yeah. But I, I don't know. I don't know. Like, a, it, I, I know that Liza character has, has something yeah. more to do than just being what was stated in this episode, for sure. Thank you, Bobby Hawk. Graeme Revel did the music for the first five episodes. Oh, cool. Cool. Who that is, I don't know, but we have a name. Thank you very much, uh, Bobby Hawk, for looking that up for us. So, yeah, I mean, I'm sure they probably sourced a lot of the the Batman music that we know and love mm-hmm. uh, to do that. I wonder if they'll do Bat Dance by Prince. Have you ever heard that? No, I don't like Prince. It's actually like it has a little bit of that 60s Batman theme, mm-hmm. and it's like, Bat Dance. Dun, 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 dun. And then it gets all Princey. But <laughs> and that's why <laughs> I see. And you, you know what else uh, Prince wrote a song for in that first? batman movie was uh the joker 
And uh, you know, you I, I think that's uh, that was, probably that probably our cue to uh, look at this Joker. Look at this Joker. Look at this Joker in Gotham City. What? That's not the Look usual. at this Joker. Let's look at this Joker. Look at this Joker. I'm gonna look at a Joker. We gotta look at this Joker now. Okay, here we go. <laughs> That was awesome. <laughs> okay, every week we take a look at any clues or suspects we might have uh, for the identity of the Joker, which, as we all know, is Batman's uh, number one arch nemesis. And, uh, you know, we got uh, the pilot here, Selena Kyle, the balloon man, and then this week where there was almost nothing. There was pretty much nothing. Yeah, there were a lot of cool callbacks, which we'll play a voicemail on in a minute, mm-hmm. or like uh, call outs to uh, Joker related stuff. But the only concrete thing i saw that gave me any indication of the joker at all was uh in that press conference scene that first press conference scene when they showed the map of the proposed arkham thing Mm -hmm. and uh the mayor was talking about it uh basically in both in both press conferences actually mayor james mentions a waste disposal site being built on the land surrounding arkham asylum as fans of the comic know one of the joker's origins involves him dressing up in a red hood and robbing ace chemicals uh there he falls into a vat of chemicals and the rest is hysteria so uh (laughs) i'm thinking you know this uh waste disposal site could be the place where the joker becomes the joker interesting Look at this Joker. Look at this Joker. Uh, but I, it, <laughs> I love the Joker. Avatar pops up in between. <laughs> nice. Uh, but I, we also got a uh, voicemail from Rebecca Johnson. Uh, to uh, she, she noticed a few other little call-outs to some Joker stuff. So we'll, we'll go ahead and play that right now. Hey, Bill and Anne-Marie. This is Rebecca Johnson, and I'm calling about the Gotham episode titled Arkham. And I have some Joker thoughts. You might cover this in your Look at this Joker segment, which I love. But I thought... Thank you. <laughs> it was funny that Bullock used the phrase crown prince because it reminded me of clown prince, as in clown prince of crime, which, of course, is one of the Joker's nicknames. And speaking of the Joker, I thought Fish Mooney acted like Heath Ledger's Joker from The Dark Knight by making the two girls fight for a job. It reminded me of his Joker making two goons fight to the death using the broken pool stick, which he called, quote, aggressive expansion. Enjoying Gotham more and more each week and look forward to listening to the podcast. Thank you Yay! very much, Rebecca. Thank you, Rebecca. Yeah, and uh, yeah. So, I mean, there were a lot. There were a lot of little callouts to the Joker, but no, no solid suspects this week. Nope. Which yeah. Well, I, we didn't have any Laszlo's. So. Yeah. Next time <laughs> Laszlo comes back, we'll have a Joker suspect. <laughs> okay. And uh, one thing we wanted to mention too. Actually, where's that poster? I got it. Okay. Cool. Uh, we we've been trying uh, through the month of October. Uh, we're trying to get people to go to oh. iTunes or Stitcher Radio. Ooh. We can do this on Stitcher? Yeah, and, and leave a review for the podcast to kind of, you know, let people know it's out there and everything like that. And we read them on the show. And you'll also, if you go and leave a review for us, uh, you'll also be entered uh, to win this uh, Gotham uh, San Diego Comic-Con poster that they passed out at San Diego Comic-Con. I meant, I keep meaning to hang it up on the wall back there because we have give two. give it away, let's not. Oh, well, we have sorry. two. There's one upstairs, too. Oh. But, uh, you know, uh, someone will be winning this at the end of October. So if you can, go to iTunes. Uh, yeah, it has uh, Catwoman oh. and Alfred and oh, Bruce Wayne time. and everybody and some promotional information on the back there. Uh, yeah, but uh, it, it's fun stuff. So all you need to do is uh, leave an honest review for us on iTunes or Stitcher, and uh, we'll, we'll pick someone at the end of the month. Uh, we have a couple here. Amory, you want to read the first one? I and then I'll to read this. the second one. Oh, oh yeah, because that's uh, – <laughs> 
has yeah, something that's fun. Fine. Okay, let's see. Uh, first off is... But they're both five stars, so yay. The first one is from World of Gilly, and uh, World of Gilly says, First off, I have to say, when the show started, I was listening to one other podcast about Gotham, but quickly learned that this podcast, Legends of Gotham, knew more about the history and mythos of these great characters. It's all that guy. It's all so, that guy over there. <laughs> so in my mind, we should all unsubscribe to the All The Other podcast <laughs> and just listen to this podcast. We do not encourage that. We are a happy community. Yeah, we are friends with all the Gotham podcasters. First. Yeah, listen to ours first and then listen to the others. Uh, great work, guys. Fan for life. Woo-hoo! Thank you, World, World of Gilly. Thank you, World of Gilly. All right. The next one comes from Pastor of the Batman, fighting the crime of boring podcasts. Every week, Bill and Anne-Marie, caped crusaders of enjoyable listening entertainment, will escort you on a guided tour of the seedy city of Gotham. Engaging, informative, and enthusiastic. These two Gothamites won me over with their positive perspective and their earnest desire to see Gotham succeed. Terrific balance of personalities, too. Bill is completely chic geek, and Anne-Marie is fantastically adorable, plus her voice is audibly delicious. Legendary. I have not stopped saying audibly delicious. Yeah, you've been singing that pretty much all week. <laughs> but uh, yeah, if, if if you can go leave us a review at iTunes or Stitcher, uh, you'll be entered to win the contest and we'll read it on the show like we just did. Exactly. And see if you can get something mm-hmm. else stuck in my head other than audibly <laughs> delicious. Okay, uh, let's go ahead and get back into talking about Arkham here. Uh, now, uh, the next topic is a, it's a big one. It's probably it's the biggest one. It's a big one. one. There's like 17 sub points here, so I'll just have to jump <laughs> well, in. It's complicated. Uh, it's, it's titled... Uh, Gordon's web of deceit that he's building hmm, towards a good a end, obviously, yeah. obvi- as as we the audience know because we're seeing everything. But uh, first off, uh, he has Penguin, his, his little informant spy there, mm-hmm. who's doing a whole lot of different lies and building Things. webs of deceit of his own. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we see that uh, it, him keeping stuff from his partner, Harvey. Harvey's starting to get really suspicious in this episode. Mm-hmm. He's saying that Jim's too smart. He knows too much. How do you know all about Arkham? <laughs> yeah, and uh, it, it's, it's just he, he's getting a little suspicious, but he know, I, I think Harvey knows to kind of just play it cool and like ask a question here or there where they're kind mm-hmm. of distracted doing something else. But I, I'm thinking... The second that Harvey finds out that the Penguin's still alive, mm-hmm. uh, he he's going to be on team. Let's kill Jim Gordon. Yeah, like because because if Falcone finds out about that, they're all dead. Yeah, they're all dead. <laughs> they're all so, dead. And, and yeah, I can I can definitely feel the the heart the Harvey Bullock Jim Gordon conflict coming up here like soon. There's going to be a conflict, but you know mm. what? He he does love Jim in some respect because he has now saved his life in every episode. You know, this it's is very thing. true. He comes in, he saves the day, mm-hmm. he shoots whoever the other person is. Well, we, we do know that uh, Harvey, too, ha- ha- has great respect for the, the thin blue line and, you know, is all about protecting fellow cops. Uh, you, right. You know, As we he, learned last week. Yeah, he doesn't care about a crime unless a, there's a cop involved. I, I actually, Pretty much. In my notes, I was like, if, if a cop had been burned in that barrel, would they have... Uh, would they have uh, jumped on it or maybe solved it just a, a shade quicker? Yeah, a little quicker. A little quicker. Might have tried a little harder. Okay. And uh, then um, a, a way that uh, – another person he's keeping things from is Barbara, obviously. Oh, Barbara. But I mean it's like she, she, she gives him an ultimatum in this episode because he's not telling her about Cobblepot. But at the same time, she wasn't honest with him about – she kind of lied to him about Montoya. She lied. Well, she left out the truth. Mm-hmm. Um, she still has other secrets that he doesn't know. Yeah. 
the, you know, middle of the day, she's getting high. <laughs> Very, basically. The weed, for I example. think that is really the problem. Mm-hmm. It's It has nothing to... I think she kept Montoya from him because Montoya would rat him out or rat her out to him mm-hmm. to help her. I yeah. think like it's a it's another web. Mm-hmm. The webs are all connecting and intertwining. And, and with her getting so upset about him not sharing mm-hmm. uh, things with her, like the last time he shared anything with her, she like the called. last time he was straight up with her about the crazy stuff that's going on mm-hmm. in Gotham, she called the the police or not the uh, police, the radio, the TV uh, the, station, the, the, the newspaper. I think it was yeah. and, it, like right away. And he was kind of like, no, don't. But then it, that put his life in jeopardy. Right. You know, and he's just trying to come out of this alive so they can get married or or whatever and yeah meanwhile she's kind of you have to tell me about oswald cobblepot oh little do you know yeah. you know oswald cobblepot yeah <laughs> what, what was the name they gave peter something i wrote it down here Did uh you? peter humboldt i looked it up uh i didn't see any relation to batman or any easter mm-hmm. egg it's probably like the cousin of one of the writers or something I, that happens a lot. Uh, but yeah, and uh, I, I also thought it was weird that Barbara seemed to expect Jim to be upset because Montoya was a woman. And he yeah. was just upset because Barbara was lying. Yeah. Like two times she, she was like, why? Because she's a woman. And Jim's like, no, oh, it's fine. No, I'm good. Yeah. You just didn't tell mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. And I have to like, I think it was almost worse because he has to work with her. Yeah. What if she just said something to him and he'd be like, hmm? Mm-hmm. And she's like, you're going to marry this dude? Like. Mm-mm. Yeah, and uh, it also kind of made me think. You know, did did she regret that time in her life, uh, or the opposite, or miss it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it, what I would actually think. One or the other. I, I, I mean, I think it's safe to say that at this point, there's like, there's no trust between Jim and Barbara. Not and, at the moment. No. And I mean, even if I didn't know the comics very well and know that uh, eventually, in, in the comics anyway, the he he ends up uh, getting with Essen. Gordon oh. does. Uh, but it, you know, okay, even I if, didn't know that. Even if I didn't know all that information, I would still say these guys. I also don't th- see that this relationship. <laughs> it might not happen in the show, uh, but the, the, their relationship is definitely you know last days or which makes me sad because mm-hmm. I really like her and her character. So mm-hmm. I think even if their relationship is last days, that yeah. character is not going anywhere. I I wouldn't be surprised if she ended up getting pregnant before they they split because Batgirl. Oh, see, that's what I was wondering. Mm-hmm. If I if I remember how it goes down in the comics correctly, what happens is she gets pregnant, mm-hmm. she has the kid, mm-hmm. and then she either dies or they get divorced. I think they get divorced. I feel like I've seen them get divorced in yeah. something. Uh, Batman Year One that we watched uh, over okay, the summer. Okay, and you're pointing in my face. Oh. Yes. <laughs> I, I was like, oh, Batman. You're like, it was that. Here, what? I'll point up at the ceiling from now on instead of it's in your fine. face. You can point at my face. <laughs> but, uh, and uh, then, uh, let's see here. And then just something I wanted to mention real quick, too, is I, I really like that uh, Gordon is being – the one person he is being completely honest with is Bruce Wayne, right? Mm-hmm. Bruce Wayne and Alfred, like he's being like completely – they're the only ones he can trust at this point. Yeah. And, and uh, I, I really thought that both actors, uh, both uh, Ben McKenzie and David, uh, both really nailed that scene. And they mm-hmm. just in this episode in general, great performances from both of them. Yeah. What, what did you think of their performances? Um, I mean they're – there, I haven't. Mm-hmm. There's no one in the show that I haven't liked yet. Yeah. There's no one that I'm sitting here going, yawn. Can we please move on to the next scene? You're mm-hmm. just, like, I'm not just 
distracted or just bored. Yeah. So I think they're all doing an amazing job. But yeah, I love all of the stuff at the Wayne Mansion's all really cool. Oh yeah, in that last scene especially, mm-hmm. like I, I really like how how Gordon kind of explains to Bruce that, and it kind of ties back to what Penguin says at the beginning of the episode about war is politics mm-hmm. in, in all yes, that. Yes, the foreshadowing. Yeah, and, and you know if if this is a war they're fighting, mm-hmm. a, a political war, then this was you know the second or third battle and it ended in a draw and gordon's trying to explain to bruce yeah we lost the battle but there's still a big war to be won here one that in kind of like almost like pushing him out past the curtain like maybe you could be a soldier in <laughs> like see i didn't get that see i kind of got that impression like he wasn't he wasn't saying hey go out next week and become batman or anything but he was like you know i i kind of got, know, was, got the uh, subtext of you know as we get as you get older maybe you could help more and more with this because you're a big powerful family in gotham or like the representative of interesting we definitely took very different things away from this. Oh, yeah. What did you take um, away from it? Okay. Well, so, so it went, it's not too late. Do you believe Gotham can be saved? And I believe it's worth trying. I don't think that's necessarily pushing him on mm-hmm. it. Um, I thought it was well, a little bit of hope. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I'm not saying it's saying don't do anything <laughs> for the love. Please sit mm-hmm. back and watch. Yeah. But he's like, no, we just saved a bunch – like this compromise, as much as it sucks, just probably saved a lot of innocent lives because if it was up to Bruce, it would have been like poof, 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 right mm-hmm. now. Oh, yeah. He's, he's, he's still in hothead mode. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I just – I didn't quite get yeah. the same thing from you. Did you have any notes in here about Bruce? No. I, I just wanted to mention that it seems like, I, I, you know, uh, last week we had a section about what you can expect in any episode of Gotham. I think uh, there's another addition to that list, oh. and that's another mental disorder in Bruce Wayne. Like last week was the eating disorder. This week was oh. the PTSD nightmare and everything. Yeah. I, I, I liked how Alfred was like, was I in it? Yeah. <laughs> Not this time. Not this time. <laughs> but yeah, uh, Jim Gordon is definitely building this huge web of deceit and i'm i'm wondering if uh there's gonna sh- be uh, some bugs fly into it or if it's gonna just collapse out from under them yeah they'll take out a corner we'll see <coughs> excuse me okay for some reason in this episode i found it extremely distracting the whole we have no idea what year it is mm-hmm. it was really really awkward to me yeah, and that, that's a complaint I've seen around online and stuff. I, I, I don't think uh, either of us have had it yet in this show, but this you, you found fir- it particularly egregious in this episode? Um, yes, because – okay, so they're all dressed pretty um, classic mm-hmm. and timeless, but the women are erring on the side of extremely fashionable for now. Yeah. Um, but then we have the rows of desks in one room. It's smoky because people are well, smoking. There's <laughs> typewriters. I don't feel I've seen a cell phone. Mm-hmm. Have I seen a cell phone? Yeah, I think there's been a cell phone. Okay, maybe. then that really makes no sense to have typewriters and cell phones because mm-hmm. they're not even like the modern typewriters. Yeah. These are like early 80s manual typewriters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I and then in the police station you have the big computer monitors. Mm-hmm. I'm like, no, <laughs> no, this it's been a long time since that's been really the regular. Yeah, so it just feels weird to you. It feels a little weird because, mm-hmm. with the exception of the technology, it feels very modern. Yeah, which I'm sure mm-hmm. is part of the point. Yeah, but 
this episode, that office felt really distracting and then it had me looking and mm. I didn't want to be looking. That's not something I should be focusing on. Yeah. Um, I mean, I love the way it was. It was really cool. And it, it took you back kind mm-hmm. of not that I was over there, but <laughs> you know, like, yeah, to things you've seen. And I don't know. Not not a huge fan of the lack of knowing the year. Yeah, see, no, this is good, though, because th- this is, uh, you know, why we work out so well. Because you loved it, didn't you? Yeah, I absolutely loved it. But I, again, I'm, I've am i seen every episode of Batman the Animated Series like six times. And that's, that's an aesthetic that they had there. And they've also had in the comics for years, too, mm. where it's like a mix of whatever modern times is. Plus the 1940s, like they, the kind of film noirish 1940s thing. Like, you know, in Batman the Animated Series, they had the big bat computer where he had like a big screen TV in yes! the bat cave. But then they had Zeppelins flying around, too. Yeah. So and I mean, it's a fine line you walk with that, too, for believability and everything. And I guess it, it As just Bobby's saying too, the show takes the time to skew from the animated series. <laughs> Bob... They're sharing brain waves. Yeah. Uh, Bobby Hawk always uh, he, he's always right behind me, like a minute behind me because because of the bill. delay <laughs> uh but yeah, yeah you you thought they, they just stepped one foot too i think far it may have just line. been one foot but again i'm not the person coming from the universe mm-hmm. i'm the outsider but unfortunately that's representing a lot of the audience yeah so yeah. and i mean like i said that's a, a common complaint i've seen online too i've kind of i've kind of been like i'm purposely I'm purposely like not reading too much. Yeah, which see, is weird. What I always do is, uh, you know, we we watch the episode uh, when it airs, and then we watch it like the next day and take our notes. And I usually watch it like double speed when I'm working out, like a couple hours before we do the show. Mm-hmm. And then yeah, I'll go and I'll just like re after I do all that and I've done all the research and done all the notes and everything for the show. Then I'll go and I'll just kind of glance over what people are saying. Uh, see, I'm on a stricter like timeline than you are, mm-hmm. so I try to watch it the night it airs. <laughs> If not, I watch it the next night and then mm-hmm. I power watch it right before we uh, record. <laughs> so I don't have that kind of leisurely time to research but, the internets. Yeah. Uh, you know, someone else who doesn't have a lot of leisurely time is the mayor of Gotham City, Mayor James, uh, played by oh, Richard Kind. I loved it. I uh, he, love it. He was great. Like uh, the, the only time I didn't. 150% lover's performance was in the, the TV section, like right at the end. Like, oh, I, yeah. I, I ju- it just seemed a little like he was rushed trying to d- deliver his performance. Because he was probably trying to get the heck out of there because two crime families are coming after him. Then again, yeah, that's true. It could, could have just been a character thing. Yeah, it may too. have been a character but thing. But I, I really liked how, uh, versus, uh, the la- his last appearance, like his last appearance, he was very, like, uh, just jerky. kind of charismatic and stuff. And then behind closed doors, very mm-hmm. jerky. But in this, this one, he was very pointed with everything. Like, like he was like this point and this point and this point and this point and in like very just quick and precise uh, with his mm-hmm. delivery of the dialogue and stuff. And I really enjoyed it. And it, it's interesting to see him in a non-comedic role too because I'm so it's used to – It's so weird seeing him in a non-comedic but mm-hmm. it works. Oh, definitely. So wild. I, the, a couple things kind of struck me as weird though in that last scene. Uh, first of all, I love the chair fight, mm-hmm. the fight in the room with the chairs and everything. Uh, but it was kind of like a little chapel, right? It was a little. And I, I, I was thinking, like, what could this mean? Why would the mayor have, like, this little chapel okay, in the back so of the house? Okay, good. So I wasn't the only one going crazy with that? Yeah, and this is a comic thing. I, sh- I sh- probably should have pulled up a, a wiki on this. Probably. Hold on. I can probably type it in here. Here, while you're typing, I'm just going to be like, this is what mm. he looked like. <laughs> 
With his um, thing. Sorry yeah. for all the audio listeners. Yeah, that was Anne- me holding my notebook in front of my chest, making a crazy, crazy face. And Marie did a very uh, silly face there. But uh, there's a, a kind of a newer element in the comics called the Court of Owls. And uh, basically what they, they are, I, I imagine like the Illuminati or something like that. The but, Illuminati. But just in Gotham City with ties to the Wayne family going back hundreds of years. And basically uh, in the comics, they've been the ones – uh, behind a lot of the things that have gone on in Gotham City, particularly mm-hmm. as related to Batman, mm. f- the entire time, but he didn't find out about them until late in his career in the comics. Interesting. Uh, so I was thinking uh, that chapel could have potentially been may- maybe the that owls. was a meeting place for the Court of Owls because I believe the mayor in the Court of Owls storyline in the comics, the mayor was involved. Oh, so so he, that could be where they meet, you know, or whatever. Interesting. A- and uh, something else I noticed in that that last fight scene that uh, <laughs> was actually more of a criticism. Yeah. Was that would the mayor really answer his own door, especially if he had police like watching like, well, I guess, you know, if they hey. someone got to the door uh, that he was assuming the police would have approved. But still. Would the mayor answer his own door? It seems like he would be behind some gated stuff something, or something. Um, shouldn't he have regular police protection anyway? Why is this new? <laughs> like, well, I, th- I think it might have just been a situation where like, it, maybe it was an extra or doubled up or something. I can't remember. Uh, Did the impression- they say that? No, I got the impression that they were – this was a new thing. Oh, OK. Because she was like, I'm going to get police protection on all the rest of the councilmen. The mayor too. Mm-hmm. As if that's not a normal – yeah, in that little 30 seconds there, you, you had a bit of a quibble with that too, didn't you? Oh, oh. H? H? I don't know. Hold on. I can't remember. Oh, do you not have it up anymore? What are you talking about? If Jim knew the mayor was the next target. Oh, if he knew, why didn't he bring back up? Yeah, yeah. Sorry. was I didn't realize we had moved on to the next point. Oh, yes. Cool. He's walking through a police station going, the next target is the mayor. No one even looks up or is like, hey, Jim, mm-hmm. you need some help? Well, that's because uh, someone doesn't have a gun. <laughs> For Referencing the pilot uh, where he walks in. He's like with the guy uh, with the gun. Uh, but gotcha. Yeah. yeah it's a, it, it, that's also a little weird, too, is that in that first episode, the first scene, mm-hmm. like he had like command of that that mm-hmm. beautiful, beautiful police station set. We will uh, just keep oogling the station. Yeah. yeah. But but in yeah, it, it, no one gives him a second glance when he's like, oh, the mayor. I think it's because people. of that. Oh, you think maybe he he made enemies. I, I could see he that. He made Enri's um, Alvarez or whatever yeah. was just like, it's your box of evidence. Yeah, I need to look up. Uh, he's he's something. We're not done with him. Oh, definitely. Because I, I, I know that uh, on I forget the actress's name, the, the lady who plays Essen. Mm-hmm. Uh, she had mentioned him on Twitter as oh. like, this is his Twitter account. So I know we're following him on there. OK, well, good. We've but. got that going for <laughs> okay, and I guess we should wrap up by talking about actually the main villain of this episode, uh, the the, uh, the guy known as Richard Gladwell, who killed Richard Gladwell five years ago. Yes, yes, Off but uh, first of all, I really, as much as I hated like the stabbing in the eye and uh. everything, <laughs> I I really liked the weapon. I thought it, it I thought was it was perfect. Oh yeah, and I liked the, the the whole concept of him keeping it in two pieces so people want to know it was a weapon. Well, like, it doesn't look like a weapon even mm-hmm. when it's put together. Otherwise, well, the guy wouldn't put it against his eye. When I saw the uh, 
the uh, promo pictures, though. I thought it looked a little bit like a sonic screwdriver from Doctor Who. Yes. But uh, something else I was thinking is, you know, that would work pretty well, say, with like an umbrella Mm -hmm. as as a as a weapon for I don't know who I can't think of anybody in this show who would need a weaponized umbrella. Hmm. I don't know. I feel like we've seen that before even. I don't know. Weird. Uh, but uh, something else you mentioned, uh, you know, the whole fact that uh, he – Richard Gladwell had been dead in his apartment for five years and yeah. stuff. I saw some people online saying that it was unbelievable and a body wouldn't be able to be hidden that long. No, I, I hear at least two stories a year about like a body being found six months or I, I think – yeah. Like a couple years ago, like it had been three years, this old lady had just like she had died like in the chair watching TV. And because uh, they had she had auto bill pay, they didn't find out for two years because everything kept getting paid. In this case, obviously, the killer was paying the bills so he That's could disgusting. maintain the identity. Ew. But yeah, it's definitely not without the oh, yeah, it out of the realm of reality. It's not out of the realm of reality. Yeah. Uh, did you have uh, any impressions about the, the main guy, the, the hired killer? Um. Um, I love that he was, he's like, that's why I'm a professional. I finished the job. But you could tell he was really just doing a job with all of it because he's like, Mm. no, really, sir. I voted for you. (laughs) I I don't know. His delivery was really good. Like Mm -hmm. at first I was like, what do you, oh, okay. There you go. Like it was, it was a quick switch for me. Mm -hmm. So I really liked it. No, he he was very disturbing and, and very scary and everything. I didn't like him as much as I liked the balloon man. Uh, mm-hmm. But it, I, I don't think I was supposed to necessarily. He, he was more of a force of nature to work throughout the episode where the balloon man was more – the episode was built around him. Right. You know, so I, I really enjoyed it though. Very, very gruesome. Like, so gross. Like, and that's something that I was thinking about last night because, you know, I haven't – we we watch uh, Once Upon a Time because we do a podcast on it obviously. Uh, but I don't watch a ton of network TV. Most of the stuff I watch is on cable. And it just surprised me that – something that's going out monday night at 8 p.m would one be able to be this violent not that i'm complaining like i think it works really well which is weird because you hate violence yeah well i hate is a strong word i i would say i dislike and twitch on it i hate gratuitous violence i every piece of violence in this show is motivated i i feel and uh you know when it's grotesque it's meant to be grotesque and it's meant to get an emotional reaction of you to carry out of you to carry you to the next scene. Yeah. And it does mm-hmm. very much so. But it, that and uh, just, uh, and this is probably more a sign of my age than anything. <laughs> uh, but when I was a kid, like, Ellen, the Ellen episode where she came out and everything, it was a huge deal that like they, there was like a peck on <laughs> on, the, on the lips and everything. And, and it, it, I think it's great that, you know, we see so many uh, po- both positive and negative uh, elements of, you know, lesbian like, relationships in this show. I, I'm kind of wondering uh, when we might see uh, some, some guys, too, though, because it seems like to be a very gay friendly show. So, I mean. You know, turnabouts, fair play, women, men, you know. It'll happen. Yeah, I It'll think so. It'll happen eventually. Okay, and you had a, a something you wanted to bring I, up I, here? I, right I just end? wanted to, yeah, a, little, a little something on some of the smaller villains, mm-hmm. but they're not really smaller. They just haven't, you know, gotten their episodes really yet. Mm-hmm. Ed. I love Ed. <laughs> he makes me happy because he just gets so excited over little bits of mm-hmm. stuff. Um, and he he always has has some court, sort of quip or word. Uh, th- this week's was paradox. 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 <laughs> hmm. 
I, I like how they shoot him too because a lot of times like you you don't really notice him in the scene for several shots because he's like blurry in the background just kind of like creeping around like writing his, his notebook and then all of a sudden oh he's there yeah <laughs> I love that I love mm-hmm. it and I'm so excited for when we do actually get an episode yeah. featuring him in more than one or two scenes mm-hmm. uh, no cat girl this week so I'm a little sad, sad. Uh, I feel like they need to like sneak her in the background of something <laughs> at some point maybe she was and we, we'll get that scene next week and she was I don't know she told the guy where the councilman was <laughs> well you know and that's the thing I wouldn't even be mm-hmm. surprised because she's that type of person oh yeah um, also we haven't really seen Ivy since that first episode mm-hmm. yeah just a little since glance. the pilot and I feel like we should at least have a little like have her in a crowd well, just keep her around well I would assume that she's going to have at least one big episode or one maybe even a big arc like a couple episodes this season just because of how much she's been featured in the all the promo material Mm -hmm. and everything like yeah you don't feature someone like that in the promo material if she's just going to be one episode guest star that small of a role you know right which is why i'm interested i'm intrigued she feels like she would be good for like a mid-season break or something like a cliffhanger for a mid-season break Mm -hmm. like you know danger 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 get to the end of the episode and then like find grow in and cut to black or something yeah. would be cool but uh, let's see here okay so i guess we should should rate the episode okay out of you, let, let me do a quick count and this is going to be a low number unfortunately oh, for no. my arbitrary scale out of six pierced pupils oh. how many pierced pupils would you give this episode oh, five ew why ew, ew. it was really good but i'll never give anything a full hundred percent sorry i feel like like it's a cop mm-hmm. out when I say that, but really, I yeah. really like the show. I like the show more and more every week. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm excited to watch it. I, you know, it's always there, and I really am enjoying mm-hmm. it. And I, I, I'll say, I, I, I would give it. A, and this might sound negative, but it's totally not negative. I, I'd give it a four, but that's just because out of the four episodes that have aired, mm-hmm. it's probably like my second least favorite or something but the thing is like on a scale of one to 100 uh-huh. no episodes got below a 92 right and if the one thing like uh each episode before now was kind of like conceptual had a big premise to it uh-huh. where this one seemed like it was building out all of the arcs for the rest of the season yeah and uh yeah if i i, I doubt uh tj kept listening if he's watching this at all past uh his phone call or anything but if in case he is i'm really looking forward to the next episode because it feels like you know there's probably going to be some stuff in here that pays off there i would assume yeah so it's going to be really cool and i, I really did love the episode like, it, it was awesome um so i know just pulling something a couple things from the chat room uh, mm-hmm. bobby said now that you mention it it kind of looked like a dalek version of a sonic screwdriver i like that mm-hmm. i like and kind of performed like one too it really did <laughs> just look right mm-hmm. here Ding. Dun, 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 dun. Okay, uh, before we move on uh, to the news and uh, some listener feedback, uh, we'd like to take a minute to thank Audible for sponsoring this Yay. week's of, uh, this week's episode of <laughs> Legends of Gotham. Thank you, Audible. Now, if you don't know what Audible is, it's a uh, audiobook service. Basically, what you do, you get a subscription. They give you one credit a month. You go and you get any audiobook you want. You can throw it on your iPod, your iPad, <laughs> uh, your iPad Mini, your creative, your Zoom. iPhone Mega, your um, Windows. Your Media I, player your, thing. Your iWatch. Your iWatch. Probably. I'd Is assume. Is wrong? I'm kind of excited about that. Yeah. 
Yeah. yeah that's definitely wrong. Oh. You can even put it in like your car sometimes too. But yes. it, it, it makes it nice because, you know, you can get all your – you can get some reading in. But you don't have to be tied down to a book or whatever. You can you can read while mowing the grass like I do a lot or taking a walk. This would have been nice driving. on my two-hour commute the other morning because of mm-hmm. rain. Thank you, Atlanta. It was awesome sitting mm-hmm. on 285. Um, but yes, I was out of credit. So unfortunately, I had no books to entertain me. Yeah. So for you, the listeners of Legends of Gotham, Audible's offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. Now, we always like to recommend a couple of books here. Uh, Amory, what are you recommending this week? Ooh, sorry, I'm recommending I stop yawning. Um, <laughs> Me too. I am, hey, I mean... No, it's fine. It's fine. Uh, I'm <laughs> recommending Small Message, Big Impact, The Elevator Speech Effect, because it, <laughs> it just felt perfect. Like I was like looking for something inspirational, and mm-hmm. they all had these little, little clips. So there we go. Nice. And that's by uh, Terry J. Uh, Sojin. And yes. these will be in the show notes at Greetings – or not Greetings. Nope. Uh, nope. Legends, Legends of, of Gotham. Gotham. <laughs> and I picked – and this is one I've been kind of holding off on picking because it's so obvious and so on the nose. But Batman, The Lazarus Syndrome. And it's basically a, a BBC full cast radio drama, which they have on Audible too. They have mm-hmm. full cast radio dramas. They have uh, old radio shows and stuff like that. Like you can see down here, they have uh, the oh, Superman, Batman, Robin crossover radio special from the 40s and stuff like that. And this one is about uh, – let's see here. Uh, I, I'm trying to remember what it was. Oh, yeah. this The Batman is dead and Police Commissioner Gordon has received a recording by the Batman, which reveals his real identity. But who is the occupant of Wayne Manor? Ooh. So it sounds pretty good. Uh, it's 44 minutes and you can pick that up with your free uh, credit or actually you can pick it up for five bucks. But get the free credit. Get the credit. <laughs> or you can uh, – pick up any other book uh you'd like to and uh we oh we should also mention it comes on window phone uh yes thank you rain uh, so so to to hit your microphone (laughs) then download your free audiobook go to audibletrial.com slash gotham again that's audibletrial.com slash gotham for your free audiobook and we want to thank audible again for sponsoring this week of legends of gotham thank you audible Audible. and now (laughs) on to the news news which is funny because that sort of goes with the old timiness it does it so, does sorry it just fits thematically i hit a moment <laughs> okay so uh first off ratings uh gotham i got a 6.3 million viewers a 2.5 share and this was i did pull this yesterday it might have been adjusted since then mm-hmm. uh but it slipped uh 16 and 11 percent respectively Meh. and uh sleepy hollow uh held steady after it uh so it's still not in any trouble. It's still one of Fox's most successful shows this season, even versus ones that have been on a couple seasons. So People are really all about Sleepy Hollow, aren't they? They are very much so. We should probably check it out sometime. I watched one episode and I wasn't that impressed. You weren't that impressed? Sorry. I don't know. I heard, I heard Peter Pan's on that show now. What? Sure. Yeah, I heard they have Peter Pan on there now. Peter Pan or the actor who played Peter Pan? No, Peter Pan the character. Hmm. Not Robbie Kay from Once Upon a Time. Because that would be awesome. Then I'd have to watch it. Okay, let's anyway, see here. Uh, next up, we'll go ahead and uh, check out uh, – where did I put it? Okay. Yeah, we'll check out the promo for next week. Uh, Which we won't play over the air. Episode 5, Viper. And we won't play it over the air because so we, we don't, don't want YouTube to pull us down. But we'll go ahead and describe it to you. Uh, first, we'll start off with Fish here. And she's talking to Liza. And then there seems to be some weird sort of S&M stuff going on. It's a weird training on. thing yeah. going. Maroney. Mm-hmm. And the penguin telling Maroney who he actually is. 
Yeah, and, I don't uh, think that's really to his favor. No, 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 he gets slammed down on the table. Looks like I need a hero. Gordon's getting abducted, and uh, Batman is jumping off a building. Yeah, there was Catwoman, there was Edge, mm-hmm. and uh, and, and it's followed Edge. by Sleepy Hollow. In case it you is. didn't know, it definitely is. But um, looks good. Looks yeah, looks, looks really action packed. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Okay, uh, let's see here. And something I wanted to show everyone, I saw this because uh, Gotham premiered in uh, Australia and in the UK this week. Yes. Uh, they, they showed the premiere episode. And they, they, were, uh, they hired people to go out to train stations and pass out a copy of the Gotham Gazette with, you know, a big article about, you know, Wayne shot dead in an alley mm. and uh, Singing Star Extends Run at Mooney's. Nice. And uh, then a uh, little penguin picture there and everything like that. But I, I thought people might want to check that out. And you can find the link to that, like I said, in the show notes at legendsofgotham.com. And uh, let's see here. Was there any other big news for Gotham? I don't think there was. Nothing Nothing big happened, nothing right? Nothing big? Oh. oh, except that it got a full episode yeah, order. I was like, are you, what? <laughs> it, it, it did things? No, uh, Gotham, it got up uh, to 22 episodes, full so 22. a full season. Yep. So there'll be plenty of more uh, Legends of Gotham in your future. <laughs> and and it, that very much bodes well for the show, Yeah, too. well, I think, I'm actually surprised mm-hmm. that they're just now getting to that, seeing as how we already have an exclusive Netflix deal for this season. Yeah, and I was going to say, too, uh, this in common combination with the the netflix deal like i i i can't see any way that this isn't going to get a season two unless it just like drops off the complete face of the earth ratings wise yeah, and i don't see that like happening. if it drops into like the hundreds of thousands or something yeah. but uh so that's cool uh congratulations <laughs> so cool. gotham <laughs> uh let's see here oh and something i found that i i thought people would l- like to hear and I just pulled a little 30-second clip of it, uh, but you can look at the whole video. This is Adam West talking at New York Comic Con about Gotham. Someone (gasps) asked him what he thought about Gotham. Oh, cool. I really liked his answer here, so we'll go ahead and play it. What do you think of this new show, Gotham, that's coming out? Because I think any effort to show Batman uh, with the immense amount of baggage it brings, but the opportunity to... Do Batman, you know, the pre-Batman that you used to, is good. And, you know, Batman could be done on any parallel universe, any time sequence, anything. Because these days, we're getting smarter and more educated with all the gadgets and the things that can be done. That was awesome. Yeah, I definitely like that answer. And that's something I've been seeing seeing people say too like well that can't happen because this happened in the comics or this happened in this show or this happened in this movie mm-hmm. no this is the multiverse this <laughs> this yeah, is dc comics whatever. you can have anything i mean we could <laughs> we could have uh the red sun version of batman show up in this show and inspire the actual version of batman and it wouldn't change any of those comic books you've read like for the past several years it, right. won't, it won't make the it won't go back and you know recut the dark knight to include that or anything right like, gotham is its own multiverse yep. its own parallel it's its own Earth. reboot it's one of the 52 <laughs> earths uh, let's see here okay and uh something especially in combination with the weapon i thought was interesting is that uh Kapow. yeah is that we have a a title for episode seven which is oh dun 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 penguin's umbrella 
which I thought was interesting. And uh, the description is, <clears throat> excuse me, a new leader will rise in Gotham City on an all-new Gotham as violence between Maroni and Falcone continues to escalate. escalate. <laughs> Penguin reveals a new element of his manipulative strategy, forcing Gordon to deal with the consequences of his decision to spare Penguin's life in the all-new Penguin's Umbrella. Ooh. Yeah, that sounds really good, right? That sounds really good. Yeah, and I've also heard, and uh, th- this is y- you know some speculation on my part, a little bit the creators talking, mm. uh, but they I've heard a lot of people stating that episode seven is kind of a big turning point. Mm-hmm. Even Vi- uh, Victoria, yeah. uh, Renee Montoya, when Isn't she called in for- is that the one that she was rec- filming and she had to have a stunt double? Yeah, she needed a stunt double for this I one. Like so it. It, I And I've also- I forget the exact quote, but one of the creators kind of implied, and this might have been my interpretation of it too. I don't know. We might get a little flash forward or something. Like we might oh, get yeah. get a That's cape right. and cowl flash forward or oh, something, the cape and cowl. which I would love. I would absolutely love. I'm not. I'm not saying that that's definitely going to happen or anything. But it, it, it has the op- the and, opportunity is there. Yeah. It, 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 episode seven, Penguin's Umbrella, sounds like it's going to be a major, major episode. Oh, and uh, okay. yeah, you have this pulled up, right? It. Okay, cool. I, today, actually, uh, Warner Brothers announced their DC Comics film slate through 2020. And we figured since everyone uh, who listens to this show is a fan of the Batman universe, at least, they'd, they'd want to know. So, uh, Anne-Marie, what uh, movies do we have coming up here from uh, Warner Brothers? First up is Batman vs. Superman, Dawn of Justice in 2016. Okay. I didn't know if you had like feedback or I'm just reading through them. Okay. Uh, just go ahead and get through them and okay. we'll talk about them. Uh, Suicide Squad in 2016. Wonder Woman in 2017. Justice League Part 1 in 2017. Mm-hmm. The Flash in 2018. Aquaman in 2018. Shazam in 2019 because you can't Shazam. say Shazam without saying it like that. <laughs> uh, Justice League Part 2 in 2019. Cyborg in 2020. And mm-hmm. Green Lantern in 2020. Very ambitious. Uh, you think? Super, super duper ambitious. And, and uh, there's been some sp- – there's not going to be a solo Superman or Batman film though. No. Which I think is really weird considering they're DC's biggest characters. But then again, they're getting the team-up movie. Yeah. Then I'm sure they're both going to be main characters in the Justice League. I mean kind of has to be, right? Well, it already says um, Ben Affleck is in the first Justice League movie. Yeah, it says that uh, Ben Affleck, Henry Cavill, and Amy Adams, Lois Lane are all going to be uh, reprising their roles in the first Justice League. And I, I have heard some speculation on uh, Justice League Part 1. Uh, the rumor is that uh, that's where they'll be releasing or uh, they'll be uh, kind of debuting Green Lantern and that Which the villain will be sense. Brainiac. That's the speculation. Oh, There's really? been no official announcement. Interesting. Uh, but that's the speculation on it. I'm very excited about it. Interesting. And uh, I, I I don't know. I think uh, I by that time we'll have a couple of years of uh, Legends of Gotham under our belt. I think you might be a little bit more excited about yeah, it. Yeah, this whole thing is mm. – I'm not, I'm not a huge comic person. I'm sorry. I also think it's a little crazy that they already have somebody committed to star in a movie in 2020. You you know who the flat who's playing the Flash though right? No, that's the guy from uh, Perks of Being a Wallflower. Oh. the kid, yeah, the, the I, main I, character. I, yeah, I knew. I, I knew you liked that movie, so I figured yeah, you might be I interested. I like the movie for the book. Mm-hmm. The movie was very good. Yeah, this is completely off topic. I'm sorry, everyone. <laughs> oh, it's totally fine. It was Pittsburgh. What do you want from me? But P- I, Pittsburgh and Rocky Horror. Anyway, Sodger, I'm closing the window. Totally fine. Uh, yeah, but uh, it looks it looks very interesting. And if you want to check out the the official press release on that, uh, it doesn't include the speculation about villains and 
uh, green lanterns and all that sort of thing. Uh, you can get it uh, in the show notes at legendsofgotham.com. I, now, uh, it's not as pressing as our other podcast, but... Because what, it's a day break. Yeah, but Monday night... Actually, next week it will be because we're recording on Tuesday night. Well, uh, because, not. yeah, Anne-Marie is going to be out of town. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, one of our listeners from the other, our, our uh, Once Upon a Time show, Hope Molinex, is going to come in. And she's going to take Anne-Marie's seat for both shows. Is so, she literally taking my seat or is she calling in? I, I'm not sure yet. I It could go either way. Just I think curious. she might have might be having some car troubles. It might uh, be Skype and it might be... I was going to leave her a note on my chair. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so we're recording Tuesday night next week. So you definitely want to try and get in and get your feedback in as quickly as possible. Sure. The emails legendsofgotham at gmail.com. The Twitter is at Legends of Gotham. The Facebook is Facebook.com slash Legends of Gotham. And the voicemail number is 424-274-2352. Again, that's 424-274-2352. And uh, first up, we have Bobby here who left us a voicemail. Bobby. Take it away, Bobby. Hey, Bill and Anne-Marie, it's Bobby. I just finished watching the new episode of Gotham. Unfortunately, my DVR skipped the first five minutes of it, so that sucked. But I did like what I saw. You missed the eye scene. Probably for the best. Uh, The show's trying to mix procedural and serialization. Uh, This week focused a bit more on serialization, but that's not necessarily a bad thing because it did a good job of setting things up going forward. We all knew that Cobblepot's rise to power would be a huge element of the show, but I am happy to see it progressing so quickly. Um, I love how Cobblepot's got the whole like red paperclip thing going on, where he starts off with a small thing and just makes it grow into bigger and better things. Um, it was not that long ago that he was thrown in a river and thought for dead. I, I I noticed you were confused about the red paperclip reference. Yeah, no hablo. Uh, do you remember the guy? It was probably six or seven years ago. He started uh, trading a red paperclip on Craigslist and ended up going all the way, kept trading up until he had a house. Somebody traded this man a house? Well, it was just incremental trades. Like he traded the red paperclip for, I don't know, a bottle cap that was worth five bucks. Then he traded that bottle cap for something that was worth ten bucks and on and on and on and kept building up just like the Penguin's doing here. And now just three short episodes later, he's already obtained some form of, uh, well, obtained quite a bit of money and some form of power. I knew as soon as that robbery happened in the restaurant that he had had to have make off with some, made off with some of that money, but I was surprised to see that he more or less masterminded the whole thing. I was not surprised, however, to see what happened to his henchmen, because as soon as I saw him walk into the room with that pink box, I knew that things were not going to end well. No. And then, of course, my favorite element of, the, of this episode would probably be the maybe setting up the Arkham City situation going forward. Of course, we all know Arkham Asylum... But uh, there was an Arkham Asylum video game that then had a sequel, Arkham City, that more or less they just fenced off a whole area of Gotham surrounding Arkham Asylum, locked all the crooks behind the fence, and called it Arkham City and let them have at it. Almost like an Escape from New York or Escape from L.A. type situation. So it will be interesting to see if and how that plays out going forward. And I am liking the uh, budding relationship between Gordon and Bruce. I don't, I've heard some people have some negative comments about that, but I think it's uh, one of my favorite elements of the show. Can't wait to hear what you guys think of this week's episode. I really- 
Thank you, Bobby. Uh, yeah, and uh, thank, thanks also for uh, getting that uh, background info on Arkham City because I'm kind of familiar with it. But like I said, I, I've only made it part way through the first Arkham game. So oh, yeah. just because I, I don't have enough time to play video games. I hate being an adult. Oh, something I, I saw, Bobby, because Bobby's in the chat tonight uh, that I thought was kind of funny. He uh, said when he heard uh, Bullock tell Gordon to let it go, it was like our two podcasts collided because we're doing. I was letting that. I was letting, <laughs> you were letting that letting one it go. go. <laughs> okay, uh, here we have another voicemail from Wu. Take it away, Wu. I really enjoyed this week's episode of Gotham because it reminded me of an old school, and Meeks will get this reference a Denny O'Neill, Neil Adams Batman story from the Silver Age. How the crime families in Gotham and in the comics it was the Bernellis, the Falcones, and the Maronis. And if that name Bernelli sounds familiar to some of the listeners, that crime family was used on the CW's Arrow. I loved in this episode that we see that the rotten core and the foundation for all the bad stuff in Gotham is how really political people with political power fund these two crime families. I, I like that Bruce now realizes through Gordon that using these detective skills and fighting for what you believe in is really important. I give this episode six steel spikes out of six. Talk to you guys oh. next week. Bye, MD. Oh, Thank you, Woo. And uh, Amory, because we're running a little long, I'm going to cut a couple of these out. Uh, okay. You want to go ahead and read that first that one first from one? Colin? Okay. Hey, Bill and Anna. It's Anne-Marie, but that's okay. Um, okay. For all the periods... Oh, sorry for the, all the periods because there's a lot of ellipses in the beginning. But I was mm-hmm. running to my computer. And then I realized my phone was in my pocket. So I had to catch my breath. Just joking with you, Bill. Anyways, <laughs> love the show. And I think you guys are doing Gotham justice by doing this podcast. Well, thank you. Also, I wanted to see if you think that they will have Bruce interact with any other characters in the show besides Alfred and Jim. Colin. Uh, Colin. Uh, Coming I- soon. I yeah I think so I de- I definitely if nothing else Catgirl that that was what I was gonna say because yeah. she was in that preview mm-hmm. it's gotta be soon <laughs> it's gotta be okay uh, let's do we see do here. that next one too oh, well nope, no I'm deleting that one um, <laughs> Nick wrote one in and he he's written in the past few weeks we're not gonna have time to read the whole thing uh, that's what you get with English majors they write a long story but uh, he he wanted to mention that uh, the first person uh, he saw that or the person he saw in this episode that reminded him of the Joker was the first singer because she kind of had like a Joker esque look about her oh. and. Uh, and actually, uh, he w- he was also complaining about Gordon going to Bruce uh, about sa- saving Gotham City. So this is the complaint that Bobby was talking about. Oh, uh, gotcha. Uh, but uh, sorry, Nick, we had to cut you this week. Hopefully next week it'll be a little better. All right, I'm going to read the next one then. Okay, and the last okay. one, we'll wrap it up. And this one is from, oh, goodness, do you want to pronounce that? At Andorian IP. Yeah, that. Um, it was kick-ass awesome as usual. Mm. Hashtag Gotham. So happy for us. Full season pickup. Yay. Yeah, I forgot we can say ass on this show we can say ass on ass, the show ass, 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 that's ass. the only one we've allowed <laughs> yeah so that's why i censored myself earlier with another one nice yes. nice okay yeah so i guess that uh, wraps it up for yes, listener feedback a nice neat little package yeah and like i said next week you're gonna need to run to your computer mm-hmm, uh mm-hmm. I, I would i would recommend making sure that there's no one waiting around a corner with a little sticky Yes. Thing, uh, yes. As you run, uh, to email us at legendsofgotham at gmail.com. Tweet us at legendsofgotham. 
Uh, Facebook is facebook.com slash Legends of Gotham. And the voicemail number is 424-274-2352. Again, that's 424-274-2352. And you can call and leave voicemails with people like Ray and Name on Toya and TJ Scott and other people related to Gotham. You can call on the same line. The same It's line. almost like you're talking to them. And actually, who knows? Next week, you might have a voicemail from me. Yes. Very Maybe true. Maybe I'll hop in the chat room if I'm able to. I'm w- going to a work thing, so <laughs> I have no promises. Yeah, you'll be uh, where in Orlando, right? I'll be, I will actually be on Disney property, yes. Nice. Nice. Yay. Okay. Well, I guess that wraps it up for this week. Uh, so until next week. Uh, That's I, not how this one ends. I, how does this end? You Wait. end it this time. I want you to end it this time since you're not going to be here next week. you got to pick up the load. Ah, ah, ah. Legends of Gotham. <laughs>